0: focusing on the inner child and why it often wants to create drama, crisis and chaos in your life. Now when things are going smoothly, peacefully and calmly in your life, so that could be your relationships, your career, your family, your finances, does it seem like you get bored or somehow uncomfortable or uneasy with this? And so you actively seek out problems, create conflict, or start to make high risk and unhealthy decisions. Well, in this teaching, we're going to be explaining why you self-sabotage in this way, how the inner child is involved, and what you can do to break this unhealthy habit of behavior. Okay, David. So this teaching is very much focused on the inner child. For our new listeners and subscribers, what is the inner child?
1: I think it's always worth re it, even for those old supporters. The inner child is a part of your mind. Now, it's not separate from you. It's not outside of you talking to you. But it does talk to you from internally. It's a label I like to call for something you may be already calling the ego or the negativity. Or as I often say, because a lot of my clients say this, a little devil that sits on the shoulder. The 3 a.m. mind. When have you woken up at 3 a.m. in the morning and that mind is telling you all the negativity? Now, I prefer to use the label the inner child for that part of your subconscious mind. It's a part of your mind that was developed but frozen like the kernel in the center of a knot. And the age that seems important for me is the age of around six years old and nine years old in your childhood. And this was a time when your sensitivity, where your emotions had fully developed, but your cognitive reasoning, the way you view the world, was still in a childlike state. And so although you mature as a person and get on with your life and go to school and pass your exams and get a job and get married, that this part of your mind is almost like frozen in time. And when you reach certain situations like the ones we're going to discuss today, that inner child will take over. And the power of the inner child is it speaks through your emotions. So why it can overpower the mature, the more logical, the more intelligent part of your mind because the inner child has direct as- access to your emotions. And those combinations of the inner child and the emotions are very powerful.
0: And David, um, if... Uh, someone has been involved and marinating themselves in our teaching for a while they'll know that we have a huge back catalogue on inner child teachings and understanding the inner child but that most of our teachings are about how that part of our mind the inner child reacts and deals with difficult challenging life situations here we're talking about when things are good, when things are going well, when things are peaceful, and there is kind of like no reason for our mind to get agitated or concerned, seemingly. So what what is going on here?
1: Well, and this is one of the things why we keep returning back to the inner child, because the inner child part of your mind is very complicated. It has many strands. One of the reasons why it would do that, let me give you the main reason. It wants attention. It thinks you're ignoring it. It thinks the world is a- ignoring it. The inner child is craving attention, validation, approval, to be noticed, to be made special, to be heard. So it may be one of the things my clients do the most frequently, is to ignore the inner child. That part of the mind, when it starts talking, they shut it down, they ignore it, they, they look at something else, they distract themselves. And then the inner child then will use, as I said in the introduction, emotions. And What is the most devastating emotion that it can use? As you said in the introduction, uh, it can create chaos confusion. It can self-sabotage. It can do what we call CCJ. Compare, criticize, be judgmental. So it would look at somebody else who gets a job or gets a promotion or it perceives he's not working as hard or is getting more breaks and it will start to compare. It will start to be judgmental. It will be ...judgmental about the older you... ...it will be your biggest critic... ...it will say... ...you should be doing better... ...you're not perfect... ...you're making too many, many mistakes... ...your partner isn't doing this... ...wouldn't it be better if you were doing that... ...are these people having... You ...see I could go on and on and on and on... ...because it's very child-like... ...it acts like it is... is year old child... ...never satisfied... ...never happy... Always looking for something better.
0: So what's going on in the example used is that things are going well, but our inner child part of our mind says, this is not enough. I want more. It compares, it criticizes, it judges, it looks around and says, I want more. So in order to get more, I have to create a fuss. I have to seek attention. I need to kick, scream, create chaos.
1: Isn't that like a child? Just
0: like a child. Just
1: like a child. And this is one of the reasons, this teaching I'm going to give you now is so, so important. Please listen to this teaching. You're in a child, and if you think about it like a child, creates a fuss, creates emotion, anxiety, temper, having a strop, having a temper tantrum, it creates that. And then what we do as the mature human side of our mind we react to the emotion we become responsive to the emotion and what the teaching of the inner child and please look back in the archives is we should go towards the inner child we should find out, speak to it, educate it all the things we suggest I call it having the inner child conversations we don't do that We do the opposite. We move away from it. We put the inner child in control. We react to the feelings. But imagine this in real life. Imagine if your six, seven-year-old physical child came home from school one day really angry, shouting and screaming. You wouldn't say, well, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to put the duvet over my, my, uh, my head. I'm going to have a few drinks now because you're upset. You would approach your physical child, you'd give them a hug, you'd perhaps make them some milk and cookies, you'd let them calm down, and then you say, OK, sweetheart, what's going on? Why don't you do that to your inner child? And this is why I love the analogy and the metaphor of the inner child. I want you to treat that part of your subconscious mind exactly exactly the way you would treat your physical child. I'm sorry to talk, but I know what people are saying. Oh, but I wasn't treated that way when I was a child. My mummy and daddy didn't do that to me. They ignored me. Can you see? You have to do it differently. Just because you were treated dysfunctionally, don't start treating yourself dysfunctionally. And again, this is what a lot of my clients do. They treat themselves much worse than they were ever treated as a child. And
0: so, David, this um, work, these conversations that we you're encouraging us to have with our inner child, that's the inner child reparenting. And we've done many teachings on the techniques, uh, affirmations, conversations you can do with your inner child. And I will put links to those in the show notes. Now, David, you just mentioned something childhood environment what about for the people who find themselves in great situations with their relationships career finances home life and that by contrast their childhood upbringing was very chaotic very unstable very unpredictable very high octane um not, not a good environment for a child to grow up in, but it was familiar. How, and, and so having things nice and calm and peaceful is like, ooh, I'm not sure about this. This is not, this is new territory for me. Things are going to go wrong. It's nice now, but I know it's going to go bad because that's what happened when I was young. How, how does the childhood legacy affect people in this regard?
1: In exactly the way you just explained it, Alex, you explained it perfectly. One of the characteristics about the inner child, and although the, wor- the word familiar doesn't sound powerful, let me assure you, for the inner child, the word familiar is very powerful. And so, as you've just explained, if you've been brought up in a explosive childhood, or one of your parents is constantly on the edge, losing their temper, crying shouting screaming creating chaos as in, as in as in the house hard to understand in a bizarre way for the child that becomes very familiar and a lot of my clients they will not use first of all the word familiar the word they use is easier comfortable i'm used to it the road i'm used to the known the known i know this I'm more comfortable in this. And so therefore, as an example, you're quite right. If they're in a relationship, a partnership, if they're at work, their career's going well, everything's kind of ticking along at a nice pace, the inner child starts to kind of question this. First of all, it doesn't believe that it's being acknowledged and listened to, as I spoke earlier. But it also says, this is not familiar, this is uncomfortable and then you quite rightly said, it then starts to project ahead. This is going to go wrong. This is going to explode. It can't be this way. And it kind of creates its own Armageddon because, it, as, in, as in a way, it says, well, in some way, I'm more in control of that curse because I'm used to it. And it, it says, it's easier. It's, it's where I'm more comfortable. It's the road I'm used to traveling. This new road is the unknown, and I prefer the known. The inner child dislikes intensely the unknown way because it believes that it will not be able to control it and it will not cope. In a bizarre, paradoxical way, it believes it's more comfortable, more familiar in the chaos.
0: And David, do you think it's possible to undo this this kind of patterning, this imprinting that we get in our childhood, Um, if the inner child is naturally seeking to recreate those patterns, is it possible as an adult to undo that imprinting and find a new healthy path?
1: 100% yes. I would not be doing these teachings with you if I didn't believe that. And I see it in, in, in my clients. It is, as you see in these teachings, can be very complicated. You know, you hear me say on every video, you cannot change what you don't understand. The first job is emotional education, is understanding the ways, the characteristics, how your inner child is. Your inner child is not a monster. Your inner child is not out to mess you up, to screw up your life, to make your life difficult. Far from it. The inner child is like, I often see and I draw this comparison. When I work with a client and we do the golden thread, oh, why do you do that? Oh, why, why, why? Asking those self-inquiry questions. To me, it's like walking down the steps of a cellar, and we... Move into a very dark, dank room, and in the corner there, there's a little six and seven-year-old child, stuck, doesn't know, hasn't had the correct information, and so it's living on a six, seven, eight-year-old wits. It's trying its best. The only tool it has is the connection to the emotion. That's the only tool it has. And it doesn't know how to use it correctly. And in some ways it sees the emotion as the problem, as the enemy, when it's creating the emotion. So again, we've done so many teachings on trying to understand that. So this can change. It is not your nature. If it was your nature, you wouldn't be listening to me. You'd be happy. So this is not your nature. This is a false belief. And what's more, it's not even your belief Let me repeat that. It's not even your belief. It's a belief you've inherited from parents, authority figures. It's a belief that you've inherited from culture, from environment. It's a belief that you've inherited from experiences that you've had and couldn't deal with. So once you look at those beliefs and take responsibility... Be accountable for what you believe. Why do you believe it? Own the beliefs. Then you're in control. You cannot change what is not yours. So if there's somebody else's beliefs, you can't change them. You've got to own them.
0: So the beliefs in this situation would be what? Something like, this is all going to go wrong. I don't deserve this. This is... Um, I don't know, what would the beliefs be in terms of why the inner child would create the drama and the crisis? This is
1: such a good question, Alex, because, and this is why it can be complicated, you have to have a macro view and a micro view, because the beliefs are layered, like layers of an onion. So you go down the beliefs and then you have to deconstruct each layer of belief. So, The belief could be, well, I was brought up in a household that's always shouting and screaming, so that's the way it should be, that's familiar. Then under that, it could be that uh, I wasn't given uh, attention, I wasn't uh, given love, I wasn't given support. In fact, I was always criticised, I was always compared to my siblings, I was always judged negatively. Under that could be the three lies... I'm not good enough, I can't cope, I'm unlovable. Have you ever said that to yourself? Have you ever said one or all three of those lies? I'm not good enough. I would say the majority of my clients have said that sometime in their life. I can't cope, it's all too much for me. It's out, it's above my pay grade, I need help. I need somebody standing beside me. I'm unlovable. Or I'm unworthy, as you said, I don't deserve it. See, that goes under that banner. And then under that is what I call the vow. V-O-W. The vow. Now, this is something you said to yourself very early, perhaps even as early as six, seven. When things were out of your control, when you didn't understand the environment, all the authority figures, parents, teachers... Elder siblings, grandparents, you didn't understand them, but you give them authority. They should know more than you, shouldn't they? They should love you, shouldn't they? They should validate you, shouldn't they? But they don't, or they're not, or they can't. And then you say something which I think is life-changing. You say to yourself the vow, there's something wrong with me. There's something missing in me. I'm the problem, not my parents. I'm the problem. And when you do that, you do something that's really fundamentally spiritually wrong. You doubt your own shen. You know what I define as your shen? Your worth and your value. When you say to yourself, there's something missing in me, There's something wrong in me. It can't be my authority figures. You do something and you put yourself on a completely wrong road. You doubt your own value and worth. And then you say the three lies. And then there's another layer. And then there's another layer. And then there's another layer. And as we've done before, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy.
0: And so this is why we need to spend time doing this self-inquiry work and not just kind of finish the journey at the first layer down in terms of why are we doing this but we need the natural journey to get to this understanding is through going deeper and deeper and deeper and having these inner conversations with ourselves and asking that why question that you you ask all of your clients when you work through the golden thread process your therapy model with them to get to that core vow and it's that vow that is driving the self-sabotage.
1: Yes, and the layers, like the layers of the onion, to get through those, Alex, is what we call the golden thread. And this is something you can do for yourself. Again, we have many teachings in the in the archives on how to do the golden thread. But the top layer of that are always emotions. So I would say, and I would probably say 100%, but certainly a high percentage, if you're absolutely experiencing this what we're talking about now self-sabotage in any way creating drama never happy never never satisfied if you are seeking perfection if you can't fail if you're concerned about others rejecting you not liking you if you're a people pleaser oh my goodness we've done so many videos to try and clarify this that's the top the outer layer of the onion and then as you go down the layers, you'll see many things. And the way to get through that is the golden thread. Why? Why do I believe that? Not, why do I feel that? Because that's in a child pushing you back to the top. Why do I believe that? Why do I think that? What is the benefit of me thinking that? And that's how you have to navigate down to the vow. And that's where you can do the work. But remember, that vow comes from a confused beautiful, intelligent child. They are not a monster. They need your love. They need your help. They need your education. They need you to come towards them when they create powerful, intense, overwhelming feelings. They need you to come towards them and to hold them, not to run away from them
0: brilliant thank you david and i will put links in the show notes uh to teachings on the inner child uh, to help you with that reparenting work on the golden thread process so you understand more about the principles and application of that model and on teachings on ccj the comparing criticizing and being judgmental and the childhood vow Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom live Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers and gifts on our website, wuweiwisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy, and in your flow.